Good morning. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Oh, creaky chair. Uh-oh, creaky chair might be an issue for the podcast. Noisy chair. Let me try that again. Huh. Oh, man. Okay. I'm going to have to not move much for this podcast. Creaky chair. I'm sitting at my uh, desk right now out at Craft Cannery in Virgin, New York. It is a Saturday evening. And uh, I'm just trying to catch up on some stuff. I had an absolute shit show of a week in terms of things just getting in the way. I think all people deal with this to some extent, but I attribute a lot of it to business ownership in that the probably the har- I don't want to say the hardest because it's grandiose, right? We always say the best thing about this, the hardest thing about that. There's a lot of great things about owning a business. There's a lot of hard things about owning a business. One of the hard things is that so often you set out on any given day or week or whatever, and all you're trying to do is get from A to B, right? You're just like, look, I just have to accomplish X, Y, Z. That's it. But then stuff constantly pulls you, violently pulls you off of that line, right? And it doesn't help having a a four-year-old. The love of my life, the joy, the, the, the absolute joy of my life, thing I love more than anything in the world. But this week we had a babysitter situation fall through. And all of a sudden, at noon on a Wednesday, I've got real life shit crashing into my job shit. So I picked up my son on Wednesday and took him to a meeting with a, a, a relatively good-sized client. I just said, look, we're, we're going to get the, we call it the learning pad. We're going to get the iPad. We're going to buy him McDonald's. And we're going to sit him at a table in the corner, and I'm going to have this meeting, right? Then I brought him to work with me, and he sat next to me at my desk on his iPad while I cranked out some work. It's just impossible to get it all done. So anyway. Very frustrating week. Hence, here at work today, here at work tomorrow as well. And uh, But I am going on a, a little vacation in a couple of weeks. I'm actually back to Florida. I know. I just came back from vacation. I get it. I also don't – I don't want to get too deep into that. <laughs> I'm not all that – this vacation will be very nice. I'm very excited about this vacation. It's going to be great, right? It's going to be Florida. It's going to be 80 degrees. I just have to keep telling myself that. But it'll be a working vacation for sure, uh, nonetheless. I do have a lot to do. I've been scheduling meetings for that whole week. A lot of Zoom call, people requesting meetings with me and stuff. I've actually been piling purposely into that week so that I have stuff. Because my here's what I was hinting at. Okay, I'll just get to it. Look, I'm going with my in-laws, and my in-laws love sitting on the beach all day. I can't do it. It's not in my blood. It's not in my genes. I cannot sit still all day. It's not a thing I'm able to do. So we're going to schedule some work for that week, and we're gonna, it's going to be a bit of a working vacation. My wife actually has to work that week, too. She's going to be working remote that week, too. So it's going to be a half a vacation. Beautiful weather, great dinners every night, but really the days are going to be uh, working for sure. So back to my son. I saw this thing online that will destroy you if you do it. I did it last night, and it instantly made me cry instant tears 
I, I, I think I'm going to cry even telling you what it is. I saw this idea on social media, and it made me think, oh, my God, I'm going to try that. I tried it, and it was so emotional. And here's what it was. It was, in regards to your child, it was close your eyes for a moment and pretend it is 20 or 30 years in the future. Really allow yourself to be in that moment. Oh, creaky chair. Really allow, your, allow yourself to be in that moment of 20 or 30 years from now, right? Spend a good 30 seconds envisioning your entire life 20 or 30 years from now. Get to where you believe it, that that's where you are. And then after those 30 seconds, have the thought that you wish you could go back to when your child was young just for one minute. Just for one minute, you wish you could go back. Now open your eyes and you're back. You have traveled back in time. You probably don't even live in the same house anymore. You're in your old house. You smell your old smells of whatever your house smells like. I don't know. That was probably weird to put in there. but And there's your baby. There's your, your baby who you just envisioned as an adult living probably halfway across the country. But now they're a baby again and they're back in their bed. Oh, my God. <laughs> Holy. Oh, my God. I can't even do it. It's making me cry right now. I don't know why that hits me so hard, but that hits me so freaking hard. That thought of like pretending it's the future and then coming and then now you're going to come back. You're going to come back and spend one more minute with your young child. Oh my God. I can't go on with the podcast after thinking about that. Oh. It was such a like, it was so, I did it last night for the first time. And because the, the thing is, not only was it like, there's your, there's your baby, like you really have to sell yourself on the 30 seconds that it's the future now, right? Really allow yourself to get in that spot. It's 20 years from now, you're retired, you know, you're, you're, you're an empty nester, your child has, has grown up and, and you've been through the graduations, now they're married, uh, they're, they're, they've got kids of their own, they don't need you anymore, you're lucky if they call you every few days, they live somewhere in the middle of the country, whatever. You got to let yourself fully get there. And then you open up your eyes and you've gone back in time. <laughs> I can't even say. And then I heard like the TV from downstairs. And it's my wife watching TV. right? And like it just reminds me of what it was like. And it just feels like I went back in time. I don't know how to describe this any better. But that shit worked. That shit really really worked and i i want to do it again tonight when i get home but man i can't even i don't even think i can do it it's hard it's hard to do that oh man okay all right you know i get approached to sell ads on this show not that often but you know i've been approached i should say a couple of times this would be a great time for a commercial break but i don't have any commercials so we'll keep going okay um 
All right, let's get to some stuff. So the the John DeTulio roast was this week, and we're gonna go to some laughs. I want to I want to tell you all my jokes and give you a little more behind the scenes behind my set uh, in a second, though. But I do want to tell you about a couple other things before I get to that. Um, so food news, two two bits of food news, real quick. First, and this is a tough one because I don't even know how much I'm gonna say about this. You know, we're we're winging it here and seeing what comes out. But the news that Real Eats went out of business is a very very big deal in the food world right now, or at least a, a certain sector of the food world. It, you know, prepared meals, food manufacturing, things like that. It's a very big deal for a bunch of reasons. First of all, there's the fact that they were the, well, they were the first ever Grow New York winner, and that's that competition that we just came in second place in last fall and won $500,000. So they were like the poster child of Grow New York, which is tough. But beyond that, they received millions and millions and millions of dollars in state investments, grants, pension fund grants, things like that. And I think, and I don't know how, how, um, how well vetted this is, but there is a reporter from the Finger Lakes Times reporting that overall, including private investment, they had something like over $20 million come in in the last few years and then they just abruptly went out of business. And it's it's a spectacular fall from, from, from grace. And when I say spectacular, of course, you know I don't mean spectacular in a good way. I mean just stunning, shocking fall from grace. It's also a, a very, very uncomfortable conversation about the state giving money to businesses, but like to what extent are they doing oversight after they've given that money? You know, it's it that's another piece, but then also just is there any criminality here? Because uh again, I don't know how much I want to say here. But uh look, I'll disclose what I can disclose. Um I happen to know for an absolute fact that companies working with Real Eats, who Real Eats owed money to, have been notified that they're not going to be getting paid that money. So not only was it an irresponsible ride for them in general that they ended up here after 20 million dollars in investments but beyond that it was an extremely irresponsible ending that they allowed themselves to crash and burn to the point where that you know they've got vendors they can't pay back and uh, I don't think that that's just going to end being shocking I mean there was I know for a fact that the assemblyman from whoever covers Geneva, that's where they were, whoever covers that district is calling for an investigation by the state attorney general. I know that's a a fact. That's actually been uh, uh, reported already. But the question is going to be, you know, was there anything illegal done here? Who's I mean, there's lawsuits for sure. You got to think there's going to be lawsuits. But what's going to happen? I mean, will there be new laws? Will there be lawsuits? Is there criminality here? Again, to what extent can they go back now and look at how those funds were used? You got to think of it's state money. They have every right to do a full audit on every penny of how that money was spent, right? And if any of it was spent irresponsibly, it's at least a lawsuit, if not criminal charges, one would think, right? 
Very interesting. So, you know, I know the Finger Lakes Times is on it. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure the DNC is looking into it. I would imagine more press coverage. I don't know that this will be anything beyond just regional press coverage. But nonetheless, I do think that's going to get a lot of attention because that, that thing ended in a um, – that thing ended. Whew, that thing ended. So, all right. Hey, one other piece of food news. This I'm going to keep really generic and brief because I don't know what's going to happen. But I actually am going to the Brighton Town Council meeting on this Wednesday night of this week, March 8th, at 7 p.m. to participate in the open forum. Um, And the reason for that is that for the fifth year in a row, my company was denied as a vendor into the Brighton Farmers Market. And I will tell you this. Next podcast, I will get a lot more detailed on that. I want to see how this goes on Wednesday. I want to see what happens, right? I got to see how all this kind of plays out. But um, there's a lot more detail to it that I'm, I'm not going to tell you about right now. Again, maybe for a future podcast, maybe never. Frankly, I don't want to publicly whine about this because I don't think it's a great look. That being said, I believe we have every right to be at that farmer's market. I don't understand why we're denied year after year. And I would like to ask for some more transparency in the in the um, in the decision making process. Long story short, depending on how it goes on Wednesday, uh, you know who knows what'll happen. Look, if they contact me and they go, I mean, if I go on Wednesday and they go, okay, yep, good point, you're in. I probably won't spend a lot of time belaboring on it. I'll probably be like, oh yeah, we worked it out, we're good. If it doesn't go well and I remain frustrated, I might get very detailed on it. We'll see. We will see. Anyway, just wanted to uh, put that out there. If you're looking for some good reality TV, I'm pretty sure they do live stream those those uh, meetings. Okay. Um, one last thing. The John DeTulio roast was this week. I was honored to be asked to be on the dais. I love doing roasts. This is my third roast. I was part of the Bob Lonsberry Brother Wee's roast at the uh, – I think it was at the Burgundy Basin, yeah, back in like probably 10, maybe even more than 10 years ago, 2012, I want to say maybe. Uh, and then the Brother Wee's Tony D. Roast, which was in 2017, 18, probably somewhere in there, maybe 16, something like that. And so being asked to be in this roast, a lot of fun, spent a lot of time working on these. I'm going to go through my jokes. I'm going to tell you what made the cut, what didn't make the cut, what killed, what didn't kill, and where it all came from. So basically... I had been told that it was, you know, it was going to be a very Wham audience, meaning Wham 1180, because the Jim Salmon and everything. So I had written two different intros. One intro I had written was the one that I ended up going with, which was, uh, you know, it's good to be here tonight at the Republican National Convention, um, you know, and then uh, because it's a roast, you know, um, there, there's there's a lot of of uh, <laughs> very vulgar humor that happens on roasts, and so there were two African American gentlemen on the dais, and I was going to look at them and I was going to say, I'm not going to tell a single joke about either one of you because I am afraid this audience will elect me their leader or promote me or something if I do. <laughs> so that was one possible intro. The second uh, intro, intro was if the it, because the, it, there were a lot of unknowns on the dais, and I thought there was a chance some of them were going to be really bad, but everyone was really good. 
So the other intro had to do with uh, the the roast sucking, where I was going to say something like, it's good to be here tonight at Comedy at the Carlson, or as it's known tonight, mild humor at best at the Carlson. Uh, this roast has been so bad. I mean, we knew it was going to be bad. I mean, look, the, the guys who broke in here crashed their car into the front doors here at Comedy at the Carlson back in February, stole the ATM, and actually left behind tickets to tonight's roast. That was the intro that did not play. I did not end up using that. I used the Republican National Convention version. Uh, and then I went into jokes that I had written about radio. And uh, and so some of those jokes were, I said, uh, it's an honor to be here tonight roasting one of Rochester's best radio personalities. For anyone under the age of 40, radio was something that people used to actually listen to back in the day. right. <laughs> then I said, speaking of radio, I'm tired of people making fun of Jeff and Rizzo. Sure, they suck. But listen, it's iHeartRadio's master plan, right? It's innovative. Between cutting Weezy's show early, putting Dale on with John, Jeff, and Rizzo, you, you see the strategy here, right? The, 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 the strategy is daring people to listen. It's reverse psychology, right? It's like a pissing match with the audience. They've solved the age-old question. How do you keep your listeners happy? Just don't have any to begin with, right? Uh, since it was a mostly Wham audience, I wanted to do uh, – so far – wait a second. I'm trying to think. So far, I pretty much – everything you just heard was mine except for one thing, which was the Republican National Convention joke, which was one that came from uh, – I saw Todd Youngman, the comedian, at Starbucks <laughs> like three weeks ago or something and told him I was working on my jokes and – I think we just chatted a little, and, and I think that joke came out of that conversation. So I think Todd either wrote that one or helped me come up with that one. Uh, the other ones so far, those were all mine. Um, that it was So then I got into Wham! Since it's a mostly Wham! audience, I thought I'd shed a little light for you. As I did work there for many years, here's a little behind-the-scene factoid. Why is it called Wham? Wham! is actually the sound your head makes when it hits the steering wheel after you fall asleep while listening. <laughs> that was a Jamie Lissau joke. Jamie did that joke at the first roast, the Brother Weez and Bob Lonsberry roast 10, 11 years ago. The second part is 1180, and this is now, so that was Jamie's joke, right? The second part is mine. I added the second part. 1180 is, is the audience. There are 1180-year-olds actually listening. That was all me. Uh, I tuned in recently, and for the Wham staff in attendance, I'd like to congratulate you all. Wham has finally done it. They have broken the news, and that was all me as well. Okay, so next part is um, I said radio is very difficult. You know, not just anyone can do it, of, unless, of course, you listen to Wham during one of those weeks when Lonsberry's on vacation, and they just bring in random people to fill in for him, in which case you realize it turns out actually just anyone can do it. Then I paused, got a little laughter, and then I said, I mean, look, I've hosted his show, and I work in a factory now, so anyone can do it. And again, that was all me as well. This next joke was the single best, biggest laugh of any of the jokes that I wrote myself. Okay, so the next one again is a me joke. I wrote this one, but it says, Bob Lonsberry couldn't be with us tonight. I know he also missed the last roast. That's too bad. Look, I swear, Lonsberry is a good guy, seriously. Ask his ex-wives, you know, ask his ex-girlfriends, ask his current wife, ask his current girlfriends. That got a huge <laughs> response, and that was all me. Then I said, I'm the real idiot here. I spent 15 years bitching that iHeart didn't pay me enough, and, and now I hear him here. I volunteered to work for free, so the joke's on me, right? 
Here's why I complained about money when I worked for Wheeze. It was Deanna, who uh, still to this day doesn't drive back and forth to go into the studio because of the cost of gas money between Rochester and Batavia. There was Billy DeTory, who lived under the poverty level. I started a side hustle to make ends meet. And Brother Wheeze had homes in Webster, Sodas Point, and Fort Lauderdale. So that was uh, also, those were all me. Uh, then I went to the day I said, Debbie DeTulio is here, ladies and gentlemen. And the joke that I didn't use for Debbie, because I thought I was going after Debbie, but I actually went before Debbie, is I was going to say, Debbie, it's great to see you. I remember hearing you originally wanted to be a stand-up comedian as a career. And after seeing you perform tonight, I can say you made a solid career choice. Uh, so, fun fact, that's true. She actually did want to be a stand-up comedian at one point, but I did not use that joke. That I didn't say that joke because uh, she didn't go before me, so it wouldn't have made sense. Instead, I used a backup joke that I had for her, which um, it was a little more vulgar, and it was, Debbie, thank you for coming. I know that's something you don't get to do that often. That was actually a joke that I heard on another roast. That was, I think, on the... Martha Stewart roast like Comedy Central of Martha Stewart but I needed a quick joke because my one that I had wouldn't work so I put that in there uh, Matthew Wilson is here ladies and gentlemen thank you for being here Matt any opportunity I have to look skinny in public I appreciate it that was all me the other day I caught Matt eating five boxes of Girl Scout cookies and while you may call that gluttonous I call it supporting young female entrepreneurship uh, that I think I just saw online. I think that was like a social media joke or something. I saw at one point somebody said they were picking out on Girl Scout cookies or as they like to call it, supporting young female entrepreneurship. And I said, that's funny. Matt is the first person ever to be at risk of triabetes. So that joke actually came from Saturday Night Live last weekend. They did a, a joke about the movie The Whale. And they said that the guy that he was diagnosed with triabetes and I couldn't stop laughing. Jim Salmon, ladies and gentlemen, put this event together for us tonight. Salmon should be embarrassed using his platform to promote his sauce. It's just pathetic. <laughs> Jim Salmon is so unfunny, yet he organized this roast. That's like me organizing a 5K. Those were all me. Vinny, some roast. Uh, this is the joke I did to Vinny. So I just said, some roast. We can't even get one professional comedian on this dais. You probably think I'm forgetting about Vinny Paulino, but no, I said what I said. <laughs> That was all me. Okay, so now we come to some revisions, right? Because next you got Herb Smith. And my original joke for Herb was I was going to say, we got Herb Smith for the roast because apparently the parking attendant was busy. But Herb tore the house down. He was amazing. He was so good. And Herb, if you don't know, plays in the RPO. He is the trumpet player in the Rochester Philharmonic Orchestra. And he was so good when he went. So I couldn't make a joke about him being a nobody at that point. The audience loved him. So I had to switch that up. And so what I did is I said, Herb, I can't do any jokes about you uh, because you were so great. And then just gave him kind of a round of applause. And literally in the moment this came to me, I just said, I still can't stay awake for an entire RPO show, but it's, you know, <laughs> it's good to have you here. And then he yelled, neither can I, which I thought was funny. Reverend Mother is this character on the Jim Salmon show. This woman dresses up like a nun. Uh, I said, Reverend Mother is here. You know, I was questioning the existence of God before I met Reverend Mother. Now I'm pretty sure I know where I stand. That was all me. Amy Sidari is here. Oh, my God, your fan must be so excited. I think I, I, I don't remember where that came from, but that's pretty low-hanging fruit, so I got to assume that came from somewhere. 
Uh, I, I'm not going to lie. I had to Google who you are. Unfortunately, Google didn't know either. That was me. Uh, Joy, the sales chick from iHeartMedia. I said, Joy sells radio time. Oh, this is what I was going to say. I'm sorry. I was going to say Joy sells radio time for a living. I'm not sure there's a joke I can make that's worse than that. But Joy was so good as well that I, I didn't even do that. And w- Instead, what I did is I said to the iHeart management in the room, I think your issue is that your most talented people are in sales. So... Uh, Mark Ippolito is here. The original idea for Mark was to say, Mark, uh, you know, we have Mark Ippolito here because apparently the parking attendant was busy. And then I was, you know, because I was repeating a joke and then I was going to say, oh, did I already use that one? I'm sorry. I wrote that joke during your set and I was falling asleep or I was half asleep. It was a terrible joke. Anyway. Mark was really good too, so I was like, "Well, I can't use the joke about him sucking." So uh, this was this one got a laugh surprisingly, but I thought it was really bad. I said, I ended up saying Mark Ippolito inserting himself into this roast is like Vince McMahon in the late '90s inserting himself into championship matches in the WWF. I didn't think that. I thought for sure that was going to be crickets, but that actually got some laughs. That was crazy. And now for the man of the hour, John DeTulio. I uh, love taking part in these iHeartMedia roasts. In the past, I've been lucky enough to roast Bob Lonsberry, Brother Wheeze, and tonight, John DeTulio. So, you know, going downhill, but still cool. Uh, that was me. Uh, John, you don't look so good. I didn't know this roast was going to be open casket. Again, I feel like that one is definitely one that I got from another roast. Uh, but I don't remember exactly where or when. But I don't think that was an original. Anyway. I work with John on the Brother We Show for 10 years. For anyone who doesn't know, that's that thing that comes on between commercials on 95.1 FM. Um, I got to listen to Wee's and Tools go back and forth for a decade, sounding like two lawnmowers, or two neighbors starting their lawnmowers at the same time. Uh, John recently got to take his daughter to college at Penn State. Did you know as you drive into State College, there's a sign that says, Welcome to Penn State. This will be your entire personality for the rest of your life. John gets butthurt when you talk about Penn State. Not that he's offended by it, more than he has PTSD from the things that happened to his butt while he was at Penn State. Tools is like the Ridgemont of golf clubs in Rochester. Nice club and everything, but, you know, it's still grease. You know what I mean? Uh, John's wife is out of his league. Uh, Debbie is a cleanup hitter for the Yankees. John, you are a healthy scratch on a Class A short season ball club. You're either a very ugly man or a very handsome rock. <laughs> if Picasso painted a John DeTulio, he wouldn't have to change a thing. Okay, all that was all me, original me. Um, the Picasso joke was not getting a lot of laughs anywhere I was doing that. I was rehearsing that. Nobody was laughing at that joke, and it got some laughs in the room, but I was very disappointed. I thought that I was so proud of that Picasso joke, and it just that that's the one that I like bullied into the roast. That's the one that, as much as I rehearsed this and people didn't laugh at it, I refused it to ever cut that joke. I was like, nope, I love that joke. I just felt he was clever. Then I did John has uh, uh, he's successful because of his emotional range. Yankees win the World Series, <clears throat> carjacking in downtown Rochester. <clears throat> Daughter born, 9-11, that's probably the worst joke of my whole set, to be honest with you. I said, uh, this was edgy, right? I said, you do have the best show on Radio 95.1, although having the best show on Radio 95.1 is like having the best cancer. Yeah, that was, my wife did not want me to do that joke. To be honest with you, it crushed, it got a huge laugh, it's a roast, right? But also like, you know. I feel like it's bad karma, so I'm begging forgiveness on that. Uh, 
Uh, I'm not saying your show is unfunny. I'm just saying I've seen more laughter burst out in an emergency room. At one point, that was going to be like a specific emergency room, but then I decided to vague that one up. I was going to say at a cemetery. I don't know. Um, this next one was a joke that this also didn't get much of a laugh. I said, you're doing it wrong working in radio. You should work in TV. Those TV stations will send like three reporters to cover games. There could be a shooting on Avenue D and they'll send an intern with a camera. But if the bills play in Miami, suddenly three journalists are required for team coverage. Um, I just think that's a good point. <laughs> I don't even think that's a job. I think the greatest scam going right now is like the sports reporters getting trips all around the country during Bills season so they can have team coverage for something that I could report on just as well watching on TV. Uh, hey, John, what's it like being on the radio and not being the most famous John DeTulio in Rochester? Because there is another John DeTulio and he's a plumber. Um, and then I transitioned into a couple Dale Buddha jokes. Buddha is motivation. You can have a career as a personality without actually having a personality. Dale left radio to take a job at a community center. Curious, which walk of shame was more embarrassing? The one where you left radio to work at a community center or the one where you had to tell the community center you were going back to your abusive ex-husband who promises they do love you. They'll never hit you again. Please come home. <laughs> Those were all originals. Um... Oh, and then here was the – so I saved this one for last because I knew this was going to get a – and I wasn't the only person to mention this, This, but I said, man, I'm happy to be here tonight. I almost didn't make it. You know, I almost got in an accident on my way here. I had to slam on my brakes. I was thrown from my vehicle, almost collided with a bus. But while I was on the pavement, I was able to see under the bus, and uh, Bill Moran says hi, everyone. And uh, that, that tore the house down. It really did. Then I said, you know, I just realized you come from a whole family of radio people. Debbie's sister, of course, the great Sandy Waters. There's Mike Danger. Debbie's fantastic. De Mike Danger is who Sandy's married to, I should say. Uh, Debbie's fantastic. John, I just realized you are, at best, the fourth most entertaining person at your own Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> then I said, that's all I have for John. I called Deanna to try to get more, uh, you know, like the latest scoop from the Wii show, but she says she hasn't listened in a while. <laughs> I said, don't you still work there? She said, yeah. Then I said something nice about John. I said, up until tonight, I've never heard anyone say anything negative about John. I said, John is so well-liked. I mean, show me somebody who doesn't like John DeTulio. And you know what I would say to that person? I would say, look, Bill, what did you expect him to do? He wasn't going to leave his career, you know? So those are my roast jokes. Please keep in mind, if you found any of those insensitive, that you are correct. They were. But it was a roast, and that's kind of the thing. You know what I mean? That's just kind of how it goes. All right, so what else? I think that's it. Yeah, what are we at? Oh, half hour of a podcast? That's perfect. All righty, I'm going to go uh, head home, do that thing that's going to make me ball my eyes out, and uh, eat some leftover soup that I missed when it was fresh. I hope you have a great Sunday. Thank you for listening. <laughs>